all the way back in episode two, Neil and I discussed a particular event from 1997, the Phoenix Lights. Now, at the time, the then Arizona governor, Fife Symington, trotted out an aide of his dressed as an alien, which went a long way towards ridiculing the event. Then, ten years later, he reverses his stance and comes out as being someone wholly in support of blowing the lid off what really happened. And he has publicly said that he believes these were extraterrestrial vehicles. So what do we make of former Governor Fife Symington? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss this controversial character. And of course, please as well, join me in thanking our Explorer of the Week, Jonathan Perner. Now it is thanks to Jonathan and people like him that we are able to do these episodes and uh, do them hopefully in an entertaining way. Why don't you visit our Patreon just like Jonathan did at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and see if you fancy being explorer of the week just like jonathan perner whilst you're at it why not have a look at our current indiegogo campaign to raise funds for a big documentary all about the crop circle phenomenon you can find details at CropCirclesExplored.com Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at all things extraterrestrial and paranormal. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. That must make me Stu Jackson then, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> my, my, my process of elimination. <laughs> How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah. Good, good, good. Are you still enjoying your Mr. Monopoly gig? Enjoying. Um, <laughs> enjoying. That's an interesting word to use. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah, if you're, you're if enjoying you're, the money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like having regular. It's not great money, but it's regular money, mm. and it's more than I, I. It's more than my outgoings. 
that's that's quite significant. And that's a win. Okay, here's the here's the pro. It's it's a fun job. Yeah. Um. The the hours are long, but um. I I'm only working. Yeah, in in spurts. I spend a lot of time sitting around reading books, so I, I, I work. It's long hours, but yeah, occasionally I just you know, every now and then pick up the top hat and cane and go and hello, welcome to Monopoly Life Eyes and and so on. Um, it's close to home, so my travel costs are literally zero, um, and my travel time is negligible, and that is a huge advantage for any job, I think. Of course, you get uh, free travel around now, London. Now that don't I'm a you? pensioner, yeah, I travel free on the tube outside of um, rush hour. But as we, you know, in off peak time, we tend to start um, only in the afternoon and and only in the mornings at weekends. In peak times, um, we do start in the morning on weekdays, and I would have to pay. But you're talking three pounds twenty a day, so. Yeah, that could possibly be that could possibly be four days a week because Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you're only talking about twelve pounds eighty is the maximum. If if I was working every morning, twelve pounds eighty a week, I think I can run to that. That wouldn't take my budget. And thirty five to forty five minutes travel time, so yeah. door to door from when when I walk out my front door um, to when I well for when I get up off my ass here to when I sit down in my dressing <laughs> room, yeah, forty minutes. I remember back in the day before I ever dreamed of living in London, um, I used to think half hour travel to work, that was a long way. That was a long time travel. <laughs> You're used to living above the shop here. Uh, basically. <laughs> you come downstairs. <laughs> but no, like yeah. you know, 10 minutes travel to work, I, especially when I was living in Swindon. Um, mm. That was like a normal. Um, but yeah, but yes, living in London. Um, yeah, no. Hour and a half each way, that's nothing. Mm. <laughs> it does uh, give you a different perspective. It does. I'm sure some of our American friends will travel great distances to work. They jump in their car and drive for hours. Oh, far more than we yeah. do. Yeah. Far more than we do. Now, speaking of, um, of different perspectives, so way back in the mists of time, uh, do you remember we, when we started this podcast, Neil? Um, it was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? It, it was. <laughs> it was uh, July 2020, uh, back when we started. Our second episode was about the Phoenix Lights. How well do you remember that? Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I remember the Phoenix Lights. I remember what they were. <laughs> remember that we did talk about them. I remember we um, talked about the Phoenix Lights, yes. So the, the, the Phoenix Lights were a... a basically a series of, of lights seen over Phoenix. <laughs> that sounds mm. obvious, I know. Uh, back in uh, March of 1997. Um, mm. And they were captured on, on film, photograph, see, witnessed by huge amounts of people. Um, and it was a big, unexplained event uh, at the time. Uh, now, what we're talking about this particular episode is not so much the the whole event of the Phoenix Lights, although it might be interesting hmm. to revisit some of our earlier shows. Now, now there there were there was I remember there was confusion over this because there were two sets of lights, and yes, there were there was some lazy journalism or confused journalism involved, where they were showing one set of lights but reporting another. Oh, don't talk about yourself as lazy journalism. 
remember that um it's been conflated and confused and it's easy to get confused basically i think there was some in 2001 was it as well if I'm, um, um uh 2007 2008 um which were attributed to military flares dropped by fighter aircraft at luke air force base and flares attached to helium balloons released by a civilian respectively yes Yes, attributed to. Attributed to. Uh, yeah, we yeah. we we covered that one on the episode. So, so if you want to go back and listen, listeners, mm. uh, it is episode two. Um, so, what we're talking about today, though, uh, the governor of Arizona, um, Fife Symington. Yes. Uh, now he. Huh, a little bit controversial in ufology is Alfonso. He's a bit of a character, isn't he? A bit of a, he, bit of a character. He is. He called a press conference about mm. the Phoenix Lights um, at the time and said, "And we've uh, we've apprehended the person responsible and uh, bring him out." And they wheeled out a looked for all the world like a grey alien. Mm. Uh, very tall guy in a rubber suit because he takes yeah. the takes the the mask off and uh, oh look it was his chief of staff or or mm. whatever they call them it was it, it was his employee anyway someone um, called Jay Hyler there you go dressed in a costume complete with oversized head and eyes and Symington at the time said this just goes to show that you guys are entirely too serious yes. He took the piss. He took the piss. He took the piss. And, mm. of course, he didn't make many friends in ufology when he did that. Hard to understand no. why, right? Um, mm. Yeah, so that was that. Um, sometime after that, because he was a witness to these lights himself, let's not forget, Sometime after them, he's come forward and he said, well, no, I did see them. Mm. They were strange. They were, um, uh, you know, it, it was astonishing. I couldn't, in fact, I mean, he wrote quite a, a lengthy. Um, if you will bear with me, Neil, I will read you his exact words on this subject. Okay, I'll get into my bearing with you position. <laughs> I'll get, get comfortable. Are we sitting comfortably? Then mm. I'll begin. <clears throat> he said, In 1997, during my second term as governor of Arizona, I saw something that defied logic and challenged my reality. I witnessed a massive delta-shaped craft silently navigate over Squaw Peak, a mountain range in Phoenix, Arizona. It was truly breathtaking. I was absolutely stunned because I was turning to the west looking for the distant Phoenix lights. To my astonishment, this apparition appeared. This dramatically large, very distinctive leading edge with some enormous lights was travelling through the Arizona sky. As a pilot and former Air Force officer, I can definitively say that this craft did not resemble any man-made object I'd ever seen. And it was certainly not high-altitude flares, because flares don't fly in formation. 
The incident was witnessed by hundreds, if not thousands, of people in Arizona, and my office was besieged with phone calls from very concerned Arizonians. The growing hysteria intensified when the story broke nationally. I decided to lighten the mood of the state by calling a press conference where my chief of staff arrived in an alien costume. We managed to lessen the sense of panic, but at the same time upset many of my constituents. I would now like to set the record straight. I never meant to ridicule anyone. My office did make inquiries as to the origin of the craft, but to this day they remain unanswered. Eventually, the Air Force claimed responsibility, stating that they dropped flares. This is indicative of the attitude from official channels. We get explanations that fly in the face of the facts, explanations like weather balloons, swamp gas and military flares. I was never happy with the Air Force's silly explanation. There might very well have been military flares in the sky that evening, but what I and hundreds of others saw had nothing to do with that. I now know that I am not alone. There are many high-ranking military, aviation and government officials who share my concerns. While on active duty, they have either witnessed a UFO incident or have conducted an official investigation into UFO cases relevant to aviation safety and national security. By speaking out with me, these people are putting their reputations on the line. They have fought in wars, guarded top-secret weapons arsenals and protected our nation's skies. We want the government to stop putting out stories that perpetuate the myth that all UFOs can be explained away in down-to-earth conventional terms. Investigations need to be reopened, documents need to be unsealed, and the idea of an open dialogue can no longer be shunned. Incidents like this are not going away. About a year ago, Chicago's O'Hare International Airport experienced a UFO event that made national and international headlines. What I saw in the Arizona sky goes beyond conventional explanations. When it comes to events of this nature that are still completely unsolved, we deserve more openness in government, especially our own. There you go. Says the guy who treated it all as a bit of a laugh. Exactly. At at the time. Um, Now, speaking of reputations, his his took a bit of a knock, didn't it? Because... um, Shortly after the the stunt with the with the chief of staff in a in a in an alien suit, um, later that year he was convicted of bank fraud charges stemming from his bankrupt real estate empire. Um, although the conviction was later overturned and he was pardoned by President Clinton, before the federal prosecutors decided whether they would retry the case. That's a bit really someone someone who's. So he's charged with it. The charge gets overturned. By the, yes, someone who's a someone who's a real estate baron um, with his real estate empire gets convicted of bank fraud charges, but gets a presidential pardon before the pro- federal prosecutors can retry the case. So he, that's a bit. Does that kind of thing happen? Is that is that normal? I have no idea. I expect a lot of things happen. Now, just to to clarify, that statement I just read out uh, Mm. was from 2005, uh, the National Press Club event that he attended. Right. It seems like... (laughs) 
it's not uncommon for us to have U-turns in ufology from official um, spokespersons. Oh. The, the most famous one, of course, being Roswell, um, when the RAF say, yes, we've captured a flying saucer that crashed. Mm. Oh, no, it was a weather balloon. Yes. Yeah, okay. So famous U-turn, but not usually this way round. Well, and I can also say, you know, in, in other areas of life, not necessarily to do with UFOs, that people, in, when they're working in an official position, have to say one thing. They have to say the official line. But later, when they're no longer in that position and they can speak freely, they say, well, no, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, politicians true. do it all the time, don't they? The politicians, military people. Do you, do you think perhaps that was the case then, that he was um, coerced or put under pressure to ridicule the event at the time? Uh, maybe put under pressure. Maybe he felt... Maybe he put the pressure on himself and thought, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get in the news for all the wrong reasons. I don't want to get, because, uh, you know, people who, who claim to have seen UFOs do attract a certain amount of, of ridicule because there are people oh, yes. actively out to debunk them and, and make them look ridiculous. Mm. I mean, less so now than there were 15 years ago, mm. 20 years ago in particular. Um, but yeah, um, so we're talking 26 20, years ago now, 25, yeah, 25, yeah. 25 years ago, yeah, 25 years. So, yeah, so that might have been a, an environment where he felt he couldn't do anything but make a joke about it. I'm and that, <laughs> and maybe his, his real estate empire was a, was more of a concern. I'm, I'm want... wondering if there's another side to this where it's it's perhaps a bit more simplistic than that. That at the time it happened, he thought, oh, do you know what? There'll be a logical explanation for this. Oh, look, the UFO nuts are at it. Mm. Let's like do a big grandstanding um, display. You know, might get us in the news, might get me, you know, talked about a bit because Mm. Obviously, marketing is is quite a big thing for politicians. Mm. Uh, you know, being remaining relevant in the news is quite important over here as well as in the states. Um, so perhaps that's what he thought he he saw a way of making himself relevant, and then after the backlash from right. many many people, he's he's thought, oh. And maybe, maybe the U-turn is another way to make himself seem relevant. I'm quite cynical about the guy. I must admit, I didn't realise how cynical I was. Now he he was a, a member of the Republican Party, so he was elected on the he was elected as the nineteenth governor of Arizona from 1991 to 1997. I guess I guess his his tenure as governor ended up with ended with him being held up on on fraud charges, but. Um, so 1991, that was that was um, when did that was that that was the end of George H W Bush's term of office, wasn't it? When did Clinton take oh, it's office? Oh, no good asking me. Um, um, I rely on Google for such things. Uh, I think Clinton took office round about um, 1992. Uh, he did 1993. He did, 1993. Okay, so he did January two terms. 20th, so you're not far off at all. Yeah. 
20, yeah. So he was elected in 1992 and took office in 1993. So, so basically he was a Republican governor during um, a Democrat administration. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm trying to work it's, out, I'm trying to think what bearing that might have on the way he behaves in the event of something. Well, it's also odd. really interesting that a Democrat president will pardon a Republican governor. Yeah, but yeah, for a lot of Democrats and Republicans, there's not you can hardly put a cigarette paper yeah. between them, can you? In terms of their 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 politics, I mean, mm. I, know, I know the gulf is wider now. Um, oh, we live in but, much more partisan time. But, yeah, um, in those, yeah, it's yeah. I'm curious as to why the pardoning. I mean, maybe it was just genuinely. Maybe there was a, a miscarriage of justice that was witnessed. I'm a great believer in, you know, just because someone's got a criminal record or been charged with something doesn't automatically mean that they must be guilty. No. You know, there no. are. And, and just you're, because you're they're not, a, You're not a police officer, so you don't no, do that and, and just because they're a politician doesn't automatically make them evil. Um, uh, yeah, even uh, Tories. <laughs> even Tories, yeah. Well, I suppose Republicans are the, the American equivalent of Tories, aren't they? Uh, yes, yes, they are. They're the right yeah. wing. Mm. But uh, and, so. and I suppose the Democrats are the equivalent of our current Labour Party, which calls yes. itself more sort of centrist, but is actually quite a way to the but right it, of centre. It used, yeah, it used to be left wing. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it was briefly for a, for um, a while. But yeah, so this this. <sighs> I mean, I, I can see that he had a change of heart that when when he was speaking as governor, um, with with a failing business empire, or he's you know, maybe he he knows the cops are on his tail. But that aside, that speaking the first time when he ridiculed it, he was speaking pretty much in an official capacity as a member of the government. And then later he spoke in a private capacity and said exactly the opposite. I don't think that's too uncommon. So does that, that, that sounds like it lends credence to what he said latterly then. I I would say so. Yeah. I, I can see how what he said first, he could have been under pressure, either political or whatever commercial but when he spoke latterly, um, I, I can't see where the pressure would have been coming from. He'd have been speaking as a private citizen um, with nothing, nothing to lose. By, and, but also speaking in a more, as as you said, in a more permissive environment. I mean, it would have been slightly more, but not much more by that. You know, you're only looking hmm. at eight years. Yeah, eight years difference. A lot can happen in eight years. It, it can. Um, let me just check. Uh, no, sorry, 2007. No, I'm so 10 years. 2005. So 2007. So 10 years. So, yeah, things have changed quite a bit. I mean, they're still changing to this day. Oh. I, I hear a lot, um, talking about it changing a lot, I, I hear a lot on, on Twitter, on um, UFO Twitter in particular, mm. about, you know, disclosure and, like, is disclosure happening? Isn't it happening? And people seem to look at disclosure as a binary thing. Now I'm going to stick my mm. stake in the ground and say, it's not binary. It's, I think disclosure is happening, 
I think it's a sliding. It's it's a ramp. It's not mm. an on-off situation. It's a ramp. I think the fact that the Pentagon have come out and released the videos of like Tic Tac and and things like that. Um, they've mm. publicly said that there are things in our air space that 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 defy understanding. Um, yeah, I think disclosure is happening. It's just happening slower than some people would like. Well, I, I can see how things were different in the Cold War when people believed that the United States enemies, the Soviet Union and China, were technologically on a par or perhaps occasionally would leapfrog the United States with the technology. Um, and that to, to admit that there was something in your airspace that you don't know where it's come from, that could be an enemy aircraft as much as a, a UFO. To, to admit that there are things coming into your airspace that you have no defence against, um, that I imagine they're, they're, they could be more comfortable with it now, now that it's, it's acknowledged that America is way militarily superior to any potential rivals well now we've there's an actual war going on with russia i would have thought now would be more scary than well no but i think you know what what's happened since the war in ukraine is that military analysts um estimations of russian military power have been rapidly revised downwards that they are nowhere near as it was assumed when they when they went into ukraine they would just roll in was it was assumed by us but we now know that actually nato had been arming ukraine for a long time with the latest high-tech weaponry um obviously the russians weren't too aware of that because they just they just rolled in um straight into a, a shitstorm. i mean mm. you look when, when america invades a country they haven't done it for a little while but you know when they do they will bomb the shit out of it first before before a single gi sets foot on enemy soil it will have been <laughs> any kind of enemy capability to fight back would have been bomb to hell mm. so the russians didn't do that they just they just rolled across the border expecting they'll just take the country seemingly and then found oh actually these people can fight back mm. good good so they should anyway we've we've gotten off topic mm. somewhat yeah. but, but what i'm saying is that there is an environment now where america can more readily admit to odd things in the sky where they don't know what they are and weren't able to track them, and you know, there's less fear that that might actually be a Russian or a Chinese advanced. Aircraft. Yes. So, coming back on, because because I want to talk again about about this initial reaction from mm. Symington, uh, this press conference in '97 mm. when he brought out his chief of staff dressed in a rubber suit. Have have you watched that video on YouTube? No. Okay, he's I mean he doesn't to me look like a man who's saying something under duress or saying something he doesn't want to say. Mm. He looks very calm, very relaxed, very he's, he's so at ease and mm. playful. He's playful about the whole thing. The whole just goes to show you guys taking it all too seriously. That's before he takes the head off this rubber suit, mm. incidentally. Um, because they said, like, and, uh, yeah, we, we've we've 
apprehended the person. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, mm. um, but we've apprehended the person. We've uh, captured. We, the, I think we, he said we've. I think he said we've captured an alien. No, he, no, he doesn't say we've yeah. captured an alien. He says okay. He, he keeps it quiet that it's a. It said you know obviously we've had these lights and uh, we've apprehended the individual responsible. Hmm. Uh, will you please bring out that individual for all to see? It, it doesn't mention alien at all. And they bring out yeah, his chief of staff in this rubber suit. Now, the reaction from the press is like, what's this? What's going on? It's like, you know, you get a few mm. murmurs, small amount of laughter, but but only a very, very small amount. People are wondering what the hell is going on. Mm. And that's when he said, just goes to show you guys take all this far too seriously. And then he takes the, mm. the mask off. So, I, you know, I think that's been blown up. Oh, it shows you take it all too seriously. As a phrase, it's just because they didn't burst out into raucous laughter. No, because they were wondering what the, you know, mm. this is a governor, uh, you know, State governor, what's he playing at? What's he doing? Hmm. You know, well, is this a joke? Is this a guy in his last year as state governor, as it turned <laughs> out? I... <laughs> Obviously, did not know that at the time. He might have done. <laughs> he mustn't, yeah, he must have known that. Might have predicted the end. Uh, but there we go. So I'm yeah, like I say, his whole demeanour with that was not someone I I I personally think he's he's done the switch around. I think he he did the prank, the um, publicity event as a way of yeah getting getting publicity. Hmm. Simple as that. I think that's all it was a publicity event. I think he's then changed his story to remain relevant. Perhaps, I, don't, yeah. I don't think he's doing it because he truly believes in disclosure. I think he's just he's jumping on the bandwagon, personally. That's my personal belief. Um, you said earlier you think he, he had a genuine turnaround. Do, do you still feel that way? Um, who can say? I, I honestly don't know. I mean, he, he's also um, an Air Force, former Air Force captain, so he's I can imagine in the Air Force they're inclined to be sceptical about anything fanciful. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, yeah, they, they rely on cold, hard facts. But I can also, there's a, a lot of people in the Air Force saying, no, these things are real because we've seen them. We see them yep. every day. Well, certainly that's what he was referring to in his statement at the uh, at the press club hmm. um, uh, conference was, yeah, he... he most of the speakers were military or ex-military. Well, maybe you know some of his former former military colleagues, his comrades, got in touch with him and said, "What are you playing at?" You know, we've seen these things all the time. But I, I don't know what he did in the air force. Maybe he was, maybe he was a, a base waller, a desk jockey like I was. Maybe, yeah, and maybe. You know, and and the people who are on the front line, they're the, the the cutting edge guys, actually flying the planes. So, you know, you don't know what you're talking about and you've disrespected us. Yeah. So, you, you know. Could be. Could be. Mm. What do you think, though, listeners, is uh, Fife Symington? I mean, what a name, Fife Symington. Mm. Um, is Fife Symington 
did he have a genuine turnaround or do you agree with me? Was he just doing it for the publicity in both cases? Do let us know what you think. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, you can email us aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can contact us through Facebook and Twitter by searching Aliens Explored or by simply clicking on the links in the description below. And if you click on the link to the, our Patreon page and select one of our tiers, any tier you like, then you get exclusive access to our Discord server. I talk about this a lot. It really does uh, get really interesting in there, some of the things that are discussed. So, uh, yeah, you get to join in, and you can talk about this episode. You can talk about any of our episodes or anything going on in ufology with like-minded people or people who might take a different stance because we have some healthy debates in there as well. Yeah, has, um, has Jerry come back at all? Uh, Jerry's not come back to us. Uh, he's not no. in the Discord server, no, no. Um, it has to be said. Um, although he'd be very welcome in the Discord yes. server, uh, of course. Um, join us next time, though, when we'll be discussing Philip J. Corso, who was rather heavily involved with the Roswell incident. In the meantime... Keep watching the skies above Arizona or whatever state you happen to be in or country or wherever you are in the world because we have listeners all over the globe. Uh, so wherever you are, keep watching those skies. See you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.